coming up on Locked on Dodgers. The Dodgers dropped the series to the Padres. Pretty lackluster game against Blake Snell, who looked really good. We will talk about Ryan Pepio, who looked really good at times, made a couple bad pitches, and the Padres definitely made him pay for those. Uh, we'll talk about Blake Snell and the fact that he's a free agent and uh, whether he might be a target of the Dodgers this offseason. And we'll talk about a few other things about this game and this series as the Dodgers head into an off day. So that's what's on tap. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. And if this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Samperio. We're doing a episode today, so it'll be me for the first half, Vince for the second half. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room, so we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And uh, yeah, first, before we get started, I want to shout out uh, one of our everydayers, uh, or she says she's an almost everydayer, Sarah, Mo- Sarah Morris. Uh, she sent me this beautiful bobblehead that you can see if you're watching on YouTube. It's the James Outman, James Outman, Miguel Vargas bobblehead that the Dodgers gave away a week or two ago. And uh, Sarah knew that because I didn't renew my season tickets this year for reasons that I explained on a previous episode, uh, one of the big downsides of that is it has hurt my bobblehead collection because what you see behind me if you're watching this uh, is every bobblehead that the Dodgers have given away during the 10 years that I was a season ticket holder and uh, plus some others from before that and some others that I got from FOCO and a few others but uh, you know most of this bobblehead collection is the stadium giveaways and uh, not having those tickets I don't get those as much anymore and so Sarah did not ask for a shout out on the podcast but she did Tell me she's an almost everydayer, and uh, I really appreciate her just out of the goodness of her heart sending me that bobblehead. Uh, my buddy Thomas, you remember I shouted him out for sending me the Fernando Valenzuela bobblehead. He's gotten a shout-out that he asked for. Still hasn't sent me the bobblehead, uh, so Thomas, get on that. With those formalities out of the way, let's talk about this game. I'm just trying to put off talking about this game. It was a clunker. Mookie Betts got a hit, first batter of the game for the Dodgers. Dodgers didn't get another hit until the eighth inning. Uh, Blake Snell looked really, really good. Um, he, he, he's been very good this year. He wasn't as good as uh, his final line maybe made it look. Uh, he had one walk. Mookie had a hit walk. Uh, those were the only two base runners that Snell allowed. Um, he should have had three walks because Chris Taylor uh, got a strike called on a, on a three-ball count that was outside the zone. And... Austin Barnes had a bad call in a, you know, first four pitches to Barnes were out of the strike zone and somehow it was a three and one count. Both of them ended up getting out in those at bats. And uh, so, you know, 
three walks in six innings is much more in keeping with Blake Snell this year. And, you know, Dodgers probably weren't going to do much against Snell, but, you know, sure would have been nice to, you know, see what would have happened if they had played the game by the, the rules of baseball instead of by the rules of uh, umpires who can't see very well. But, uh, you know, not going to rant about that. Saving it. Saving it. I might have saved for the postseason because uh, I'd hate to use them both. As you, everydayers know, I've only allotted myself twi- two episodes this year ranting about the umpires, and I've used one of them. And I might have to save the other one for the postseason because I'd hate to use both of them up and then have a postseason game uh, determined by the umpires and not be allowed to say anything about it. So probably save it for the postseason, hope that it doesn't come up, and then I'll just do it in the offseason, you know, just for – I'll just go off on the umpires one day. Um, but anyway, uh, really the story of the game on the Dodger side was Ryan Pepio coming off his seven nearly perfect innings last time out, just the one base runner. Uh, he was, he looked really, really good in this game. Uh, in the first inning, he looked awesome, except that he, uh, he made one bad pitch to Juan Soto on an 0-2 count. He threw a fastball basically right down the middle. My son gets mad when I call things right down the middle because apparently, I am uh, overly generous with that term. Uh, It's kind of my generic term for a pitch that's way too hittable. This one was pretty close to right down the middle, though, and Soto didn't miss it, and he hit a home run. And then later, uh, Pepio made a bad pitch. Well, three bad pitches in one inning, honestly. Uh, Fernando Tatis hit a double, Juan Soto hit a single, and then Luis Camposano hit a three-run home run. Uh, And basically, those four pitches were the only bad pitches that Pepio made. Uh, and it's kind of, I said this on Twitter, pitchers make bad pitches all the time. They miss their spots all the time and they usually get away with it. It is remarkable how often a hitter will get a mistake and not do something with it. He'll foul it off or he'll fly out to the warning track instead of hitting the ball over the wall. You know, I, I, I would guess that maybe 30% of the time hitters actually make pitchers pay for their mistakes. The Padres tonight were hundred percent of the time against Pepio. And, uh, and that was the difference in the game, really. He he pitched six innings, allowed just those four runs, the two home runs. That was it. Uh, made four bad pitches, allowed four runs. That usually won't happen. And so that's a little bit promising. As far you know, thinking about the postseason, as as Stephen Nelson and Eric Karos mentioned on the podcast, or on the podcast, on the during the game, the broadcast of the game, um, everything the Dodgers are doing right now is all about getting ready for October. And so... I, I'd say I don't feel quite as good about Pepio as I did after his last start, but almost as good, like 98% as good as I did last time because he looked really good. He had more swings or like whether they one fewer swing and miss or one more, about the same number of swings and misses in the same number of innings as Blake Snell. The difference is that the Dodgers didn't punish the few mistakes that Snell made and the Padres did punish Pepio's mistakes. And, and so those get happen realistically six innings, four runs. Usually that's going to be enough for the Dodgers to get a win tonight. It wasn't, it wasn't even close. And so that's a bummer for Pepio, but all in all, I feel pretty good about that kid still. He's confident. He's, he's throwing strikes and uh, getting a lot of swing and miss, which in his seven nearly perfect innings, he only had three strikeouts. Didn't have a ton of swing and miss. He was getting a lot of weak contact and he had some help from his defense this time, weak contact, and swing and miss. Uh, it, it was a good combination. He looked really good. And, and honestly, I feel like Pepio and Miller are the two surest things that the Dodgers have going into the postseason. 
uh, which is a little bit scary, but also, uh, you know, it's exciting. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see what we can do October and he'll have another couple starts this year in the regular season to get ready for that. And I'm excited for those two because I do think most of the time the opposing team won't punish 100% of his bad pitches. And, uh, and if he can cut down, then also I've talked about how the only way to learn how to pitch in the big leagues is by pitching in the big leagues. And I really do truly believe that you learn more from mistakes than from successes. And so throwing a O2 fastball right down the middle to Juan Soto is a mistake that Ryan Pepio will never make again. I honestly believe he learned more from that home run than he would have from throwing a perfect changeup and getting Soto to strike out. And so in a game that has no meaning other than development of Ryan Pepio, it was maybe the best outcome there could have been because he will develop more. I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk a little bit about the current standings, the state of the wild card race, all that, before I turn it over to Vince to talk about the idea of the Dodgers chasing Blake Snell in free agency, perhaps. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please continue to keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, I am back. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. I want to remind you, you can catch every Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app by searching for Locked On Dodgers. No, by searching for Dodgers. You can listen to this podcast on the SXM by searching for Locked On Dodgers. I want to thank all of you who are with us every day, our everydayers. It's a fun club to be a part of. If you're not a part of it, be a part of it. Just watch or listen every weekday morning. And remember, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear your, your thoughts in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. Uh, Vince will give you all that contact info at the end, like he always does. And uh, let's uh, jump into the standings. You know, just a little bit of update. The Dodgers have the day off day. Uh, they're traveling to Seattle for a series this weekend. My best friend lives in Seattle. Maybe he wants me to come visit this weekend. I'll have to see if he wants to buy me a plane ticket. Uh, uh, I've never been to a Dodger game in Seattle. I've been to a Dodger a Mariners Angel game in Seattle. That's the only game I've been to in that stadium, I believe. Um, but you know, Dodgers are going to be in Seattle, and uh, today, Wednesday, uh, as I'm recording this, the most of the teams in the wild card race lost. Uh, no, sorry, most of them won. The Phillies and the Cubs, who have the top two spots, uh. They both lost. And then of the four teams battling for the third spot, only the D-backs lost, which was meaningful because they were in the lead. They lost, but the Reds, Marlins, and Giants all won. And so now you have 
the Diamond, uh, Diamondbacks and the Reds tied for that last wildcard spot. And the Marlins and Giants tied just half a game behind those two teams. All four of those teams have 71 losses. And the loss column is important uh, because it kind of determines to what extent you control your own destiny. Because the, if you've lost the same number of games, that means if you don't lose anymore, you, you can't finish behind that team. Um, so all four teams have 71 losses. The D-backs and Reds are 76 and 71. And the Marlins and Giants are 75 and 71. Uh, so that is going to be a very interesting battle for that last wildcard spot. It's possible that even the other spots could come into play. The Phillies have a three and a half game lead and the Cubs are two games up. So uh, most likely they will take those last two spots, but three and a half games and two games aren't insurmountable. And so it, it, there could be six teams battling for those three spots, but there's definitely four teams battling for the last spot, if nothing else. And that could be a lot of fun going into the last week of the season. If they're all still battling, uh, could be uh, an advantage for uh, whoever's playing, like the Brewers, who are likely to be the uh, the three seed, um, will be playing against the six seed in, in the first round. And so that's an, a benefit to the Brewers if – you know, whoever they play doesn't have any chance to set up their postseason rotation in any way, shape, or form. So it does increase the chances that the Dodgers would then play the Brewers in the second round. Um, and, you know, offense-wise, I like that. But obviously, the Brewers have good pitching, and, and so uh, it could be a dangerous series. But uh, all that stuff comes into play. It, it, it's going to be fun. If you're a baseball fan, it's fun to watch. I'm always team chaos when it comes to the postseason spots. I'd love to see a four-way tie for that last spot uh, because as of last year with his new CBA, they no longer do any on-the-field tiebreakers. All tiebreakers are based on formulas. And so you we could very realistically have a situation where four teams are tied for the last playoff spot and the tiebreakers are done by a nerd with a calculator instead of by baseball play, baseball players on the field. And because it's not my favorite team that would be affected by that, I think that sounds awesome. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I think it would be really fun if the D-backs and Giants both missed out on the postseason because of a formula. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be fun. Like I have a thing about NOS teams. I, I don't want them to be happy. Uh, and so even though like – uh, I think that the Marlins and the Reds both scare me more in the postseason than the D-backs or the Giants. Uh, but it would feel worse to lose to the D-backs or the Giants than it would to lose to the Marlins or the Reds. Obviously, I just hope the Dodgers just win. Um, but, you know, that's where we're at. And that's where the wild card race is at. It, it should be a lot of fun. And as the Dodgers aren't playing for anything, really, uh, their magic number remains four. And so they could clinch the National League West this weekend. Uh, they're going to win. They are, let's see, they're seven games ahead of the, the Brewers for, you know, for the second seed. And so that's what they're going to, to have. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting and, uh, something to watch if you want something other than the Dodgers playing out the string is that wild card race. I think that's going to do it for me. Uh, I really do appreciate you guys watching. And I know Vince does too. Vince is going to come and he's going to talk to you about, the possibility of the Dodgers chasing Blake Snell in free agency. So that's it for me. And Vince will be along in a minute.
Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out the online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions at any time. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. If you're a dad that's uh, very on top of things like Jeff, you already ordered your Jace case and he got his in a couple of days. So don't wait around. Go get it done. Get yourself the Jace case because you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 when you use our code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com that's j a s e medical.com yo 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 dodger fans vince here to close out the episode and like jeff mentioned i'm here to talk about blake snow and a potential as a potential guy the dodgers go after in this offseason coming up and you know maybe a little bit early but Blake Snell just pitched against the Dodgers. Blake Snell is the likely front runner for Cy Young right now and a guy that will be available here in this offseason. So first, let's just kind of run through Blake Snell. Blake Snell is 30 right now, but he'll be 31 at the start of next season. He has, you know, this year he's 14 and 9 with a 2.43 ERA, a 3.53 FIP. He's made 30 starts, 167 innings. He struck out 217 batters in those 167 innings, but he's also issued the most walks, 93 walks in those 167 innings. He also has the most wild pitches this season uh, with 12. So, and a whip of 1.222. So, there's a lot to like. There's a not. There's some stuff to not like. Uh, you know, if you go based on the Blake Snell that we're used to seeing, which is we being Dodger fans and we being people that watch mostly Dodger games, uh, Blake Snell is really really good because against the Dodgers in his career regular season, he's made 13 starts, he has a 2.59 ERA and 62 innings with 82 strikeouts a 1.069 whip. Uh, if you think about Blake Snell specifically at Dodger Stadium, he has a 180 ERA and six starts, 25 innings, 35 strikeouts, a 1.08 whip. So if he was going to face the Dodgers, then yeah, it's someone for sure you want to sign because uh, he would be very successful in that role. But if it's someone the Dodgers are looking to sign this offseason, obviously that, that they're it plays a factor into it. You know, Blake Snell is good. Like, let's just start off by saying Blake Snell is good. He's a very good pitcher. He's had mixed, you know, success over the last few years. But for the most part, he's been, you know, an above average pitcher. He already has one Cy Young Award in 2018 when he went 21-5 and for the Rays and had a 189 ERA. Uh, that's actually his career high in innings. He'll probably pass that this year, but it's career high in innings. 180 innings that that year with 221 strikeouts. So he's already had 217 strikeouts this year in 13 less innings. So, uh, you know, he's going to pass his career high for strikeouts. 
He's having a solid contract year. I mean, good, very good. He's going to be a Cy Young winner. Um, and that, and you know, but obviously there are there's things to poke at in that. Whereas, and it's interesting because you look at the last three seasons, and, and you know, we'll, we'll we'll stick with last three seasons right now. He's made 27 starts, 24 starts, 30 starts. So he's been, you know, most durable this year. He's going 167 innings in 30 starts. He is outperforming his FIP, though. His FIP is 353. His ERA is 243. Whereas in years past, he's been the opposite, where he's been, his FIP has been lower than his ERA. Last year, he had a 280 FIP. A 338 ERA the year before, 382 and a 420. So, and actually throughout his career, he's been for the most part outperforming FIP, you know, more often than not. So, um, yeah, and obviously it's all going to come down to cost. So, we'll, we'll start with cost. What could Blake Snell cost? You know, like I said, 31 years old. That means he's probably still in line for at least a five-year deal. Um, that'll take him to age 36. He hasn't had a fallout in velocity. Uh, his fastball velocity has basically been the same his entire career. He topped out at 95.8 in 2019, and he's at 95.4 this year. He was at 90. Oh, actually, he topped out at 95.8 last year as well, and he's at you know 95.4 fastball this year. So. He hasn't lost velocity, he, you know, so that's a good sign. So, you know, you're looking at at least five years. You're looking at at least 20 to 25 mil. And, you know, that may be lowballing a bit, but I, I don't think so. I think 25 mil is about where he'll top out at in terms of AAV. Um, it's just a matter of how many years someone gives him, you know, but five years, you know, at 25 mil, 100, that's possible. You know, somebody's going to give him maybe more than than anyone else will give him, and that's where he's going to end up. But for the Dodgers, you know, five, even five years, 30 mil a year, you know, it 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 seems like oh, 30 mil a year, but you know, five and 150 isn't terrible. I don't think he'll get that, but you know, there is going to be a shortage of premium starting pitching this offseason with Shohei Otani not being able to pitch next year with, you know, there's still a lot that, that can happen with Julio Diaz. You know, Blake Snell is going to be the top, one of, if not the top arm in terms of starting pitching this offseason. So, you know, he may get a little bit more money than he was in line to get before the season started. And even, you know, despite how good he's been. So, you know, you're looking at five years, five plus years, 20, 25, 30 mil a year. I think anything under 175, the Dodgers might be in on. Uh, that sounds a little bit high. I think 5, 150 might be what they top out at in terms of what they're willing to give them. But again, the market will kind of dictate that. The Dodgers have a number and the market will kind of dictate that. But, you know, in that aspect, like, will Blake Snell hold up? And I would be interested. You know, the Dodgers aren't, I mean, not the, Dodgers, the Padres aren't really known as a team that, you know, pitchers go to to get better and develop and, you know, pitch better than, than they had before. Blake Snell, 
and in that sense, Blake Snell seems to be kind of going on his own, you know, the things he's been kind of on his own, I guess. I there's no significant change when he got to the Padres of how he pitches. He's been fastball heavy his entire career, right around 50, you know, 50 plus percent, give or take on his fastball in terms of how often he throws it. You know, the changeup, he's upped his usage of the changeup this year specifically, but the last couple of years, the changeup percentage had been down. The slider percentage is down this year specifically, but the last couple of years, the slider percentage was up. And curveball percentage is down a little bit from his time with the Rays, uh, but it's up, you know, in a similar range this year than it had been in the past. So he hasn't really changed himself. What's interesting to me and what I would want to see you know, him get with the Dodgers is pitch selection, pitch sequencing, you know, maybe switching that up again. And it may be something that he, you know, likes the way he is. And that's, the, you know, why he wants to go that way. But if you need to cut down on the walks, then, you know, the Dodgers could help maybe change something mechanically or, or, you know, like I said, pitch sequencing could help out in terms of cutting down on those walks. The interesting thing about him with this fastball is that he throws it so often, but it's his worst pitch by far. Um, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not great either. Like he's giving up this season specifically batters are hitting 262 against his forcing fastball uh, with an expected batting average of 290. So he's getting a little bit lucky there. He's giving up a slugging percentage of 404, which, you know, not, not, great but not bad and the expected slugging is 510 so he's getting lucky there you know he's a weighted on base percentage of 360 with an expected weighted on base percentage of 407 so he's getting you know he's outperforming those numbers and when you look at the fastball i mean he just doesn't get swing and miss on it and he throws it out of the zone a lot more often than than elite pitchers do in terms of fastballs in the zone his his fastball on average, he's well this year it's up to fifty two point five percent of his fastballs are outside of the zone. He's been as low as forty one percent in his career and been as high as fifty five point five in his career. He was at forty eight five last year, forty five two last year, or in twenty twenty one. So he's never been a guy that throws. You know, his fastball this year has has been out of the zone the most since 2017 so you know that's contributing to the, the the walks obviously and i looked at someone like kershaw and kershaw's you know in the 45 percent area Jacob the ground 45 percent area in terms of fastball percentage out of the zone uh so you know they're they're obviously a little bit different than than what blake snell has been and then you look at all his other pitches and all his other pitches are out of the zone you know by a big percentage but that's you know, as expected, you're not really trying to throw off sweet pitches for strikes unless it's one of your main pitches. But with the fastball, you know, I you got to be living in that 45% range at least with your four-seam fastball and the zone. And, you know, like I said, it's hard to argue with the success he's had this year. But, you know, leading the league in walks, averaging five walks over nine innings, like that's not sustainable in terms of, you know, He's had good numbers this year, low ERA, but like I said, he's outperformed that that ERA, uh, or his ERA is an outperformance of, of what he truly is in terms of the base runners he gets on and everything else. So, you know, but 
I would like to see, like, like I said, someone like the Dodgers see maybe they change that up. Maybe they lower the fastball. Maybe they up some of his other pitches, you know, and, and see what can happen. The other, the, but the part with that is that he doesn't throw his other pitches in the zone that often. He'd have to make that adjustment in terms of getting some of those pitches in the zone a little bit more often because look at his other pitches, especially this year, his off speed pitches, his curveball, he throws it 18.9% of the time. He's got a whiff percentage of 55%. He throws his changeup 18% of the time. He gets a whiff 48% of the time. He throws his slider 13.7% of the time. He gets a whiff 55% of the time. Like he gets swing and miss on those off speed pitches. If he can just cut down the walks, you know, throw the fastball in the zone a little bit more, that might help him out. Maybe, you know, throw some of these other ones, throw some of these pitches a little bit more often than he does and get that fastball percentage down. That's something I could do. So I think stuff wise, he's going to hold up, you know. For at least the next few years, I think five years is a good solid deal for him. And I do, you know, would like to see him with better pitching and analytics and everything the Dodgers have and throw at pitchers. I'd like to see him with that, maybe a couple of mechanical adjustments and see if he can cut down on those walks. You know, he might just be this guy that he is. He might just be a guy that that walks off him, but. This year is his highest walks per nine of his career or since his rookie year. And, you know, 93 walks in 167 innings. That, that's a lot. He's never thrown more than 69 walks in a season. Uh, and this year he's at 93. Even, you know, the year he, he won Cy Young last time, he had 180 innings pitched, 64 walks. This one is at 167.93. So I don't feel like that's an issue for him. I think this year it's been an issue going deep into games has been an issue for him because of that. But like I said, I think he maybe relies on the fastball a little bit too much or doesn't throw it for enough strikes. If he is going to rely on it, which I think that's something that can be fixed or at least aided a little bit more. So would I be in favor of the Dodgers going after Snell? I wouldn't be upset about it. The Dodgers are going to need a stable starting pitcher, at least one this offseason. Even if Peyton Kershaw comes back, you don't know what he's going to give you. Walker Buehler, you know, being ready for next season, but you're still, you're, you can't really know what he's going to give you. And then you're going to have the young guys, you know, Miller, Sheehan, Pepio, Stone. You don't know what they're going to give you per se. Uh, you know, sophomore slump is a is a word for a reason. So sometimes that does occur. So I think Blake Snell should be, you know, one of the guys the Dodgers go after this or think about going after this offseason. And, you know, I wouldn't be upset about it. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to find us where we get podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to check out SiriusXM or the SXM app and search Dodgers if you want to listen to the home broadcast for any game. Uh, you can become an everyday or by listening to us every day, Locked on Dodgers, wherever you have podcasts and on YouTube. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM Jeff Fry if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send those via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-LOCK. We're every weekday morning, and we hope to be here with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, tell your smart device play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. Just have to listen. Have a good one.